0: Arsenal lose in their first leg against Porto in the Champions League last 16. A disappointing result, but it's only half time as we look back on what was a disappointing evening in Portugal. This is the Arsenal Reaction Show. Hello and welcome to the to Talk back again with you guys for another episode of what is the Arsenal Raw Reaction Show. Joining you at 8am every morning after Arsenal's latest fixture. And today we sadly have to talk about yesterday's um, disappointing result. You could not paint this, could you? The TGT Live event is tonight. I'm thinking, oh what a great time. We've got a Champions League game, sets it up perfectly and then a game to talk about with Newcastle. And they go and do that. Yes, Arsenal Football Club for you people. But we're going to break this down this morning. And then uh, myself and a surprise panel of guests will be talking about it even more and looking ahead to the weekend's game against Newcastle, having some fun um, and making some new friends, of course, with people that are going to be coming along tonight. So I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be great. And uh, I promise you will make you feel all better about yesterday's result. But uh, if you haven't already done so, uh, please do drop a like on the video and subscribe to the channel if you can. It is obviously the 1k like everyday challenge. We are continuing to do this. And a little birdie tells me if we reach 1k likes every day up into the portal game, we actually might go through. But uh, I had to pay like 50p in one of those fortune teller machines. I'm just, I'm just telling you what happened. But that's what they said. Okay, I'm not, it's definitely, definitely not a lie. That is a, definitely a true story. Uh Magic, good morning to you, to James, to Louis, to Kaiser. Good morning to uh, Anirut, uh, Damien, Darren. Uh, we've got Josh and Martin. Uh, we've got Mr. Ree, uh, Damien and Kai. We've got Barry, Carlton, Mr. Ree, Stephen, Rich, maximir Shari, Mike. We've got Unique and Martin and Stevie and Rowan. Input NSW. Thank you to all of you for tuning in. It is very much appreciated. And uh, yes, we will be uh, hopefully meeting a fair few of the names that I've read out there even today as well. And uh, I look forward to it greatly. But less about that, more focus on, of course, this game that we need to discuss. Because, my goodness me, is it a frustrating one? So, Arsenal nil, Porto one. Arsenal failed to land a shot on target for the first time in two years as Arteta faces questions. And I think there are questions to be asked about last night. I have said I'm on a record as saying that if Arsenal don't progress past Porto, it will be a huge disappointment, a massive catastrophe if Arsenal don't progress past Porto. Arsenal should be beating Porto across two legs in the Champions League. One-off games can go wrong. That's why you have two-legged competitions. It makes it harder. It makes it more likely that the better team will go through across two legs. A bad game can happen. And Arsenal had a bad game yesterday. But Porto, to their credit, played it perfectly to their ability and ultimately ended up getting a result with a unbelievable strike in the last few moments. How many times have we been on the receiving end of a positive last minute goal it was only a matter of time until it happened in the other direction and we witnessed that yesterday and obviously the the redeeming factor is is that that was only half time in the tie, and there is still another game to be played and arsenal will indeed look and endeavor to fight back at the emirates perhaps if that game had ended nil nil i'm really trying to breach here for some of the the positives i'm really am reaching for these but perhaps if that game had ended nil nil There wouldn't have been the same level of urgency as this team will need going into that game at the Ems in three weeks' time. Not only that, but of course, I remember being in Lens. I was in Lens earlier this season watching that awful 2-1 defeat to the League 1 sides. And then I was at the Emirates for the return fixture in which Arsenal absolutely battered them and really showed them what indeed this team is capable of. And I'm hoping that that is indeed what we can see come the 12th of March Um, Declan Rice said it right we lacked savviness so if you can't win it don't lose it that's the big question mark and ultimately at the end of that game when we conceded that goal to Galeno again amazing strike could we have managed that situation better sure did Raya rush it maybe did we not control that ball as well as we should have done did we not close down the shot as much as we should have done perhaps the goal is brilliant it's an amazing strike you have to respect it but we have, to, we have to look at these games sometimes and think, we aren't winning this one. No matter how good we are, sometimes the best teams in the world don't win games. And sometimes when you recognise that, you have to do everything in your power to not lose it. And we didn't do that. Even though it took an unbelievable effort to win the game, ultimately we didn't do enough to secure the result that would have taken us back to the Emirates in much, much better standing. But... As I said at the start, maybe there are things that we can take from it still. And all we had seemingly were set pieces. We didn't have a shot on target all game. We didn't really have an effort. I mean, Leandro Trossard, of course, had that volley, but that came from a corner. Saliba had a header go wide. Havertz had a header go wide. I think we had something like 10 corners or something like that throughout the game. And we ultimately found ourselves in a very, very frustrating situation situation where we couldn't play our usual free-flowing football we were having everything kind of broken up as soon as it started um and i really do think that on the night the referee and the style and the way that uh sau who was just managed the game perfectly from their perspective everything fell in their way everything fell their way and everything went in the way in which arsenal really could not have uh, done worse with really how many times? I mean, I'll come on to the kind of the, the stats of it shortly, but all we seemingly had on that to create anything was these these balls into the box, these free kicks that we got, the corners that we got. And they defended them. And they defended them really well. And ultimately, we couldn't break it down. And our wide areas were really stifled. Like we were. A force, the ball was really being forced into both Martinelli and into Saka, and they were both getting quite isolated. And then you had uh, Wendell on the left-hand side, you had Joel Mario on the right-hand side, and both of them defended really, really well. One-on-one defenders that were doing fantastically well in, in stifling what we wanted to do in those wide areas. Saka was so quiet. Martinelli was so isolated. And it was in those games where I thought, did Arteta get this right? Again, I'll come on to Arteta shortly about the selection and the team because it wasn't the team that I would have picked. And I said that in the preview show. I understand why he picked it, but I definitely would have made a couple of, well, one big change in particular that we did actually see throughout the game, but it wasn't able to have an effect. And so those wide areas just weren't able to be as effective as they have been in, in recent games. I hope that that is very much different at the Emirates in three weeks' time. But this was the key stat of the game for me. 36 fouls throughout 51 minutes. The ball was in play the lowest number of minutes in any champions league game. I think this season and the highest number of fouls in a champions league game this season. Consorzau and Porto played this perfectly to break it up, to frustrate, to stop Arsenal playing and it worked and they will look to try and do that again at the Emirates. Declan Rice was booked within a minute because of a miscommunication with Saka and Saliba. And that meant he was treading on water throughout the entire fixture. And he will be treading water again in the second leg, not because he'll be booked early, but because if he gets booked and Arsenal were to progress, he would miss the first leg of the quarterfinal. Declan Rice now has to avoid a yellow card for the next three, if we make it, games. And that is a frustration for him. That's a frustration for Arteta. And we've got to hope that Thomas Partey starts to get back as well, because we might need him. We might need him if Declan Rice is going to be um, less fetch. What I would say is that Rice did manage the rest of that game very, very well. And I suppose that whilst that that threat of suspension is there, of course, for the quarterfinals, if, should we make it through, not having the actual yellow card on that specific game will obviously be uh, um, ideal, really. Um, but my goodness me, yeah. That was frustrating and we're going to hopefully get some players back by these three weeks. Hopefully we see Zinchenko, hopefully we see Tomiyasu. hopefully we see Jesus, hopefully we see Partey, Fabio Vieira is back and on the bench even though he wasn't used and maybe even Yuri and Timber I guess we'll see but there is a chance for Arsenal to get stronger by that second leg and have some players back as well but to kind of finish this, this shorter part one I usually go on a lot longer for these, um, these breakdowns, these raw reactions but There isn't loads to really go into from a breakdown perspective. To finish it with Mikel Arteta, what he did wrong and what must change. For me, the selection was wrong. We needed the experience of Jorginho from the start. And I think we missed that. I think we lacked the options from the bench. And by starting Havertz and Trossard, you lacked bringing something different on to change things in that fixture. I don't mind them both playing in the league sometimes against teams that are expected to dominate and they aren't going to play like Porto but we needed to have something in terms of an experience we needed to have something in terms of to change it from the bench and we didn't really have that smithrow wasn't thought to be used Vieira wasn't thought to be used neither was nelson or anchetti we made one change i think was it one i think it was just one substitution on the night and that shows you the lack of depth that there is there sweet heavens uh was the joke yesterday but actually yeah rang true we just lacked that depth and I don't know if Arteta went into this game with the idea of trying to make sure that we didn't lose it and that we were going to take kind of a drawback to the Emirates, but that's certainly the feel I got from the game. I didn't feel as though there was an urgency about us. I didn't feel as though there was a speed or quickness of thought or the same level of kind of intensity that we've seen the last few games. Like, yes, they fouled us a lot, but we didn't – we still lacked that energy. And I don't know if that yellow card from Rice in the first minute did – play on the minds of him and some of the other players in the team and that we were starting to get kicked and I haven't really associated Arsenal with a team that get kicked away from the game and that for me is uh yeah, that, that is a, a frustration and something that needs to change in the second leg. It really was a game, I think, for Gabriel Jesus. I think about that severe away game. I think about the Nottingham Forest away game. Games in which you aren't getting too much joy and Gabriel Jesus can create things out of nothing. He can drop in deep. He can link up play. And Trossard was so quiet. He has an excellent record when it comes to starting games at centre forward. This is the first game that Trossard has lost starting at centre forward. It's a really, really good record. Um, but he was quiet. He was ineffectual. He didn't impact the game whatsoever. He missed a huge chance from that corner when it did come to him as well. He snapped at a chance in the first half, which went wild miles over the bar. We didn't have a shot until like the first fifth, within the first 15 to 20 minutes of the game. And sometimes I always say that you can tell within the first minutes what type of performance we're going to see from Arsenal. And I felt like that was evident again yesterday. I felt like I knew exactly what type of performance we were going to get. And that needs to change for next week. Right, we're going to go to part two and your questions then right after this. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. And the same goes at McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with Mook Delivery. Are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Right. So part two, your questions, your thoughts, your theories um, and queries as well. I, I find myself from a personal perspective, still very much uh, down about this without a doubt, especially in the context of this week. But I feel as though that there is still so much optimism around what we can do in the second leg. The last time Arsenal lost in Porto, they won the second leg five, Neil. You may remember that Nasri scoring, but getting a hat trick. So I have real genuine optimism that we can do that. The, the thing about the weekend is Newcastle is Saturday. So close. Newcastle had a full week of rest. They come to the Emirates. And the last time they came to the Emirates, you may remember, they played a very disruptive game. If anything, it could be the perfect game, that Newcastle fixture. It could be the perfect game because if they come to Arsenal and want to play like they did when they came to us last time when we drew nil-nil, And they disrupted our play and they kept fouling, they kept time wasting and they came away with a nil-nil result. Maybe this is the perfect opportunity to, in some ways, test what we're going to do when Porto arrive in just under three weeks' time. I think maybe there is something to be said about that. Uh, Patrick says, does Arteta seem reluctant to change the team and make tweaks from game to game? We then look leggy and this was evident by the end in the last two seasons in December in the 2023 busy schedule. And I think, Patrick, that there was one change I would have made, which was obviously the Jorginho, um, the Jorginho sub, uh, switch. I would have brought him in. But beyond that, we're, we're really stretching, aren't we? We're really looking for the depth. And when you've got so many players that are key players out injured, you are limited in what you can change. I mean, what, would, what else would we have done? Smith-Rowe for Havertz or Nelson for Martinelli and Kettia. That's the question, Patrick, is we can say that, yes, we should have made more changes than we did. and I think we should because we should have brought in Jorginho. But there was so little depth, so little depth available to us in this game because of how many players that we're missing that ultimately it has come to bite us there in terms of changes that we need. And like defence, we can't make any changes. Like we can't, this defence will play on Saturday. If Zinchenko's not back, if Tomi is not back, this defence will play on Saturday. Um, and that, that is a worry because it, we do look somewhat so Saliba looked so off it. Saliba just didn't look focused. Saliba didn't look ready. It was not the Saliba that we've come to expect, come to see at Arsenal at all. Really, really disappointing performance from him. Uh, Dave says, we lost 1-0 at Porto in the last minute with a, tre- a threadbare bench. Let's take a deep breath. Absolutely. James says, it makes the return leg spicy, which is decent as my daughter and I have tickets. James, I don't want spicy. <laughs> I don't want spicy. I just want... to to ease through i just want to ease into the next round no questions asked you know nothing to worry about i don't want it to be spicy whatsoever mate to be fair so uh, i can't say i agree too much but i hope you have a fantastic time i'll be there as well Uh, maximia says tom were we at fault for being nervous towards the end i could literally feel that goal coming and the ball rebounding three times i felt it was a howler is this our young team unable to cope with it wouldn't a more experienced team have seen out this game? Nil, nil. More experienced team may not necessarily have won it, but they probably might have not lost it. And that is maybe where this inexperience comes from. You know, Pepe, I think the stat was before the game and I was sick of the stats of Pepe by full time. Trust me. I Like you, I'm sure plenty of you were sick of hearing about Pepe and how old he was compared to Saka, who was three when he's made his debut in the Champions League or whatever. Um, it's, it's now branded in my mind, but, he has something like 40-plus, I think, yeah, 40-plus Champions League appearances. Arsenal have a combined 16 prior to this game in the knockout stages, it should be said. So that that I think that experience was definitely a factor. Um, Stuart says, People seem to disrespect most opponents we face. Porto are a team that on their day can beat almost anyone, and we're more than good enough to beat them at home. It's unlucky to concede in the last minute. Um, Yomi says, How didn't he sub J20 on 60 minutes? The game was crying out for Jorginho. Um, I would have liked to have seen him from the star, let alone 60 minutes. Arsenal Adventure says, We may have figured out our low block, but do we need a new plan for mid blocks as Fulham used the same tactic and they beat us? This game was quite similar to the Fulham game where we lacked much going forwards. Now, the positive thing is after that Fulham game, yes, we had a disappointment in the FA Cup, but. After that Fulham game, the next league game, we are on a five-game winning run. So we know that we can respond and play much better. Amberley says he clearly doesn't trust Smith-Rowe, Nelson and Eddie, and he's got a point. I mean, he started Smith-Rowe in the game against Nottingham Forest, a really important away game. So I wouldn't necessarily agree with you that he doesn't trust Smith-Rowe. What I think is to do with Smith-Rowe is that he just doesn't think that Smith-Rowe necessarily is fitting into what system he's playing right now. And he's probably got a good point. He doesn't necessarily fit exactly into what Arsenal are doing right now, does he? Um... Let's go to Josh who says, Hi, Tom, I was at the game last night and it feels like Arteta and the team are very hesitant towards the Porto side. What should Arsenal do in the second game? What's your opinion? Well, it depends very much, Josh, of course, on who is available. I think if Jesus is available, I think it's a great opportunity to use him. I think he'd be perfect for this type of opposition. I think ultimately maybe bringing Jorginho in from the start if Thomas Partey is available, obviously having him in the side. We don't know who else in terms of Zinchenko. I think Zinchenko would have really helped us to add that extra midfield depth of quality. Having him in the side would have been important. Yes, he would have been up against Galeno. Um, sorry, not Galeno. Um, Consisal. I think Kivior actually had a decent game again. Kivior was one of our better players on the night. I think players in terms of who actually did stand out. Erdegaard, although was stifled somewhat, was our most energetic. He was the one trying to make the most happen. <laughs> Kivior, I thought, was probably the better um, alongside Gabriel. Him and, him. and I thought, actually, to be fair, Saliba was the only poor defender. Ben White, I thought, had a decent game as well. Um, Kiviole was good, um, but everywhere else the forward line, but in particular Havertz was was trying, but Trossard was invisible. Saka wasn't getting enough into good situations, and and Martinelli was isolated, and we didn't have enough support. And maybe that's where we lack Zinchenko. Is, is Martinelli might benefit from the home game if Zinchenko is is back as well. Um, Yasin yeah, says, at what point do we question their amount of reoccurring injuries on the same players? Tommy uh, has played uh, games for Japan, signs of contracts, and is now nowhere to be seen. Uh, I mean, the contract's not been announced yet, Yesin, Tommy's used an example. I mean, Tommy Asu, I, I think there's a bit of overreaction about him. On Someone tweeted me the other day saying he can't play 10 games, and I pointed out that he's played more than 20 games in the last, you know, three seasons. So, not exactly. There's always some overreaction about our injuries, but Players do get injured. It's just the reality of the situation. We sign players that have never had an injury really before, like Partey, and yet he's injured again. You know, we saw other players. Declan Rice, barely ever injured. Came off in that game against Spurs with a back injury. You know, had another injury, I think, in another home game, which he came off in. Was it the Palace home game? So, really, for me, it is um, the the recurring injury hype or questions around players... You know, it doesn't matter who you sign, injuries are part of football, they can always happen. Um, but I think Tom Yasu is a fantastic player and offers a lot of depth and versatility when he's available. But it is that question about availability? I think we're one defender short. I think we one more defender. If we had one more defender, um, I think we'd be well stopped. And obviously Urian Timber's injury is just a freak accident and has cost him basically the whole of his season. Um Alison says, I'm fed up with some Arsenal fans who always want to blame Raya. No one knows if Ramsdale would have saved that or not. Trust me, if if your gripe with that game is that you'd have rather started Ramsdale in goal, I don't know what to tell you. I really don't. Raya had a decent game, um, dealt with everything really well. He couldn't do anything about the goal. No one's stopping that. Um, You know, so, yeah, I I agree with you, Alison. I think there is just an undue amount of criticism on Raya. And those same people that are criticising Raya today... Are the people that have ignored all the good things that he's done in 2024? Ian uh, says, why not bring El Neni on after eighty minutes of shut up shop? Uh Mikel Arteta went for the draw after t- uh, the Jorginho sub, which we'd have uh, which would have been a positive result. Again, I am questioning the mentality of this squad. I think it's mentality, Ian. I think it's experience. I think that's the difference. If they, if you're questioning mentality, what you're doing is you're questioning whether these players are competent enough to play games, whether there is an issue behind the scenes, whether there are fractures and problems. There's a mentality issue. For me, mentality is such a broad term that it often gets misused. It's, it's easy to see it's experience that sometimes these players lack. That's not necessarily a mentality problem. It's just an experience problem. But whenever the word mentality comes up, it makes it sound like these players are weak. At times. I don't think they are weak. You don't go and beat Man City. You don't go and beat Liverpool if you're weak mentally. You just don't. They had an off game had a bad game and that's the reality of the situation. Uh, Aoife says, I like Arteta a lot but he could manage his selections on the bench a bit more usefully. Should have benched Martinelli. Hasn't been outstanding lately. Martinelli was and has been really good in the last few games. So I don't know where that's come from Aoife at all. I understand about bringing him off in this game maybe for a Nelson because he wasn't getting much joy but I don't agree about the last few games. Actually, I think Martinelli's been pretty darn good. Uh, Elise says, we underestimated their press from the front and from the back. Porto, unsurprisingly, allowed a tactic. I should shouldn't that's tactically foul. Um, but uh, they were allowed a lot of rope in that game. 36 fouls. And I don't know how many yellows they got. I think two. That's mad. Avanab says, something is wrong either with the game model training intensity or with players that come that the club is recruiting. Um, they can't stay fit, or is it the docs at Arsenal? Again, this is just a conspiracy theory. It's, there's nothing in it. There's nothing to do with the um, the medical staff, the training issues. Teams have injuries. People just seem to think that if there is that the the idea that a club will never have injuries is something that is a reality. It's not. It's very rare a team can go without having a number of it. Look at Liverpool right now. Look at how they do. How many players are out for them? Man City were missing Erling Haaland for a significant number of weeks of this season as well. Players get injured. It just happens. It's just part and parcel of the sport. There's nothing to conspire and think that there's some craziness going on with the medical staff or the training methods or the training grounds. There's nothing to suggest that there is anything wrong in that regard. So I just, yeah, I, I don't really get that one. I do find that one a bit odd whenever people's tried to come up with reasons as to why what's going on is going on. Uh, Michael says, uh, how do you think we can navigate the stop-start nature of Champions League games? The referee's performance is the standard. Referees do seem to blow up far easier in the Champions League. They do seem to be more bothered, it seems. They do seem to be more easily frustrated by certain physical fouls. And I, I don't have the answer for you, sadly. I, I don't have the answer. I don't. We have to try and adapt, I suppose, is the easiest way to put it. What we do specifically, I'm not sure, but we have to be better in how we cope with certain fixtures. We have to try and keep the ball, keep in possession, um, win fouls higher up the pitch, and then make use of those set pieces when they come. Uh, and we didn't do that on the day, obviously. Uh, Benji uh, Sorry, uh, Omar says, I'm not a fan of Martinelli coming in the middle of the pitch. Uh, he looks someone who has lost his way. Uh, home from there on the wings he is at home in those positions we need him to be more unpredictable Omar the problem is with him being out wide he's far too isolated and that's what he was like we say that we're a fan more of him being in the wide areas than the middle but he gets far too isolated sometimes in certain games in those wide areas Uh, Benji says we still need to address the stat of Arsenal have never won a European knockout game at home under Arteta and Martinelli hasn't provided any output in the last few weeks what I don't know where this, this Martinelli misconceptions coming from. It's really odd. I don't know what people have been watching, but Martinelli, for me, I think Martinelli's had r- real impact in the last few games. And I don't know why this is not um, necessarily being shown. I think that Martinelli's not been a free-flowing best. You know, I think he's, he's been better than what we've seen, but he's not been bad by any stretch of the imagination. He's certainly contributed to the games that we've scored 21 goals in five games. It's a bit odd. Um, and the whole thing about the the home thing needs to be addressed, yes. And we've got a chance to do that at the Emirates in three weeks' time. Hopefully, that we do. Uh, Marcus says, uh, will you come to the stage tonight playing? Always look on the bright side of life. Look forward to it. Just a shame on last night's result. It is, it is, mate. But don't worry. You know us. Uh, we'll make you feel plenty better about the result. That's for sure. Um Doe, thank you so much for being a member for three months and says, need the 3-0 humbling at the Emirates on to Saturday. And we can't really allow this game to stumble us into Saturday. I know that we've got very little time to recover, but we've got a huge game and it would be a big, big confidence boost to beat Newcastle on Saturday. Uh, let's go to Bulgarian. He says, putting hands on the opponent is an excuse for the officials to give a foul and we can work on that. I think that's that's probably fair. Uh, Marcus says to use the word mentality as being pejorative and unnecessary. Porter were very clinical. I mean, very clinical. They just had the <laughs> was a brilliant goal. I agree with the first part. Uh, they had the edge in this regard, and it's a lesson learnt. Um, Europe is tough, absolutely. Mm. Europe is is very very tough. Uh, Z says hopefully we come back and home uh, at home, uh, like in the home game against Lawns. Absolutely. Uh, Darren says Mark Bosnich brought up Raya's positioning and the fact that the ball went into the bottom rather than the top corner in saying that Raya was too far forward. And he should have been on his line. Um, I think, well, Mark's in a better position to comment than me. I I, I don't really look... I just think it's a great strike. I can't help, but maybe that's me not coming from a goalkeeper's perspective. I think it's just a great strike at the end of the day. Because what if, like, he curls the ball onto a, a forward that's running in on goal? And he needs to be off his line to come and anticipate a potential chipped ball over the top so he can close down the forward. So... I, it's easy to say when you look at it, and the goal's gone in, and the benefit of hindsight, it should have been on his line. But if he chips the ball instead, and he's on his line, he can't get out to the forward quick enough, and then they then score. Then we're saying, well, he should have been further off his line. So I think it's just six or some half a dozen of another. Uh, Patrick says we had the ball in the midfield so much, but not many runs are being made by Saka or Martinelli into central areas, which would have given us another option. They seem to stick to the sidelines so much. Is that a tactic? I think it was more so the defensive structure of of Porto that and that stopped us from being. Better to be fair in the first half, Saka was making those runs, but he wasn't necessarily being found. I remember Ali McQuist in commentary saying how much that Saka was making these really intelligent runs and they weren't necessarily being found. So I think they were maybe the service just wasn't on it last night. Uh, Sean says, If you look at our average positions, the left wing is always so isolated. Do you think Erdegaard and left center mid and Smith are at right center mid could work? Maybe, but Erdegaard has such a good relationship with Saka and it's led to so many goals and assists for Saka this season in combination with Odegaard that you know very, very difficult to to see if that is is that's is gonna solve all of our problems or not create others on the right-hand side. Uh, Mike says, have a ball tonight, mate. Sorry I couldn't be there. Have a beer on me. Thanks, Mike. Very appreciative of of, of your support to the channel and and sorry that you can't be over here with us this evening. Uh, Yomi says, Saliba and Gabriel were not clipping the ball over the top for Nelly and Saka's runs. I think because every time we tried to play a long ball, it was being cut out very easily. There was a couple of times that Ben White would uh, kind of spray a ball out to the left-hand side uh, and got Martinelli a little bit of space, but he was closed down very, very quickly. Um, by Joao Mario, who I thought was probably their man of the match. I thought Mario was excellent. Varela also had a very, very good game as well. Right then, um, we're going to end the show there. I said it'd be a shorter 30-minute uh, Raw Reaction show. I've got lots going on today in preparation for this evening's live event. Uh, if you are coming tonight, I can't wait to host you. I can't wait to to enjoy the evening and, uh, and talk objectively and groundedly and hopefully optimistically about the weekend and, of course, the second leg against Porto as well. Um, thank you to all those that have tuned in. Please do help us on our way to 1K like every single day. I feel as though it may be a challenge today. I think it's going to be a challenge. So I need you all to really get behind the like machine today. If you're listening on audio platforms, make sure you hop over to YouTube and uh, and we will hope to, to reach that target. Today, after losing, I think it's going to be tough. I think it's going to be really... Really, really tough. But help us out. Drop a like if you can. Um, says, Is the live show going to be recorded? I'm hoping so. I've certainly sent all the requests in to hope that it will be. So I'm hoping, mate, that it will be recorded. I can't promise, but I'm really hoping that we will be able to release it. Um, but it won't be going out live. Um, if it does go out, it'll be going out probably tomorrow or uh, early Saturday. So um, just look out for that. But yeah, I'm hoping that it will be on the channel. It may be just audio. It may not be video. But uh, yeah, that's, that's my hope. But thank you for listening. Please do drop a like on the video and subscribe to the channel if you're new. I'll be back tomorrow morning at 8am for a roundup of the latest Arsenal news ahead of the game against Newcastle on Saturday. Have a fantastic day. See some of you later. And as always, up the Arsenal.